Such a perfect specimen. It's a perfect night for mystery and horror. The air itself is filled with monsters. Perfect. 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 Mundo. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Perfect Podcast, a podcast that will lead up to the release of the first thriller from L.A. Kessler that's called Perfect. It's the first book in the Genesis trilogy, and that comes out on May 2nd, but we have some things we need to find out before then. And to do that, I have a bit of an expert on all things perfect. Paranormal romance author Lisa Kessler is here. Hi. Hi. The first thing that I want to know is, who is L.A. Kessler? It's me. Um, LA is just my initials. So I'm not being super secret about the pen name. Um, I just wanted to have a differentiation between my romances and the thriller. So LA Kessler really is Lisa Kessler and it's not a secret. That was actually going to be my first question. You're using the pseudonym LA Kessler or the pen name, as you said, but you've written more than 40 paranormal romance novels under under, well, I, I was going to say under your name, but they're really both your name. But you've written right. you've written all these other novels just under the name Lisa Kessler, but you changed it for this series to L.A. Kessler. What is the big difference? You mentioned, you know, that one is romance and one is not, but there has to be more to it than just that. Well, my romance readers expect from a Lisa Kessler book that there is going to be a certain heat level and there is going to be, you know, the romance is front and center and all the other stuff is happening around them and all that kind of thing. And yet with the thriller, the plot comes forward a little bit more than the romance. And there's a character arc where the characters are growing, but it's not necessarily that, you know, the happy ever after is the ultimate goal. And also with the thriller, not, you know, not everyone's going to get a happily ever after. And so I just don't want to disappoint my loyal readers who read my Lisa Kessler books. So I thought it would be a good idea to have a thriller name. Plus I have a lot of scary ideas that I would like to delve into in the future. And so L.A. Kessler will be putting out books that maybe have a romance subplot, but the romance is definitely a lot different than from one of my paranormal romances. So I just wanted to be sure that readers know exactly what they're getting because I never want to disappoint a reader. I want them to always be happy with <laughs> that they gave me their time <laughs> when they read one of my books. Well, as we've mentioned, you have published over 40 books under the name Lisa Kessler. Uh, these are paranormal romances, and you talked about the romance aspect of it, but there's also the paranormal aspect of it. Was it difficult to write this story perfect without adding supernatural elements like werewolves or vampires or demon slayers or muses or immortal pirates or even mermaids? <laughs> um, yes, that's very different. However, 
in perfect, you're going to meet the Juliet who has grown up in the Genesis foundation. And it, I, the whole time that I was editing and rewriting the book, I kept going, this is the oddest. <laughs> it's such an odd, creepy book. So I felt like it didn't need the werewolves and vampires. And because sometimes humanity is the creepiest thing of all. So um, I didn't feel like I needed those, those things for this story. Without giving anything away, what are some of the things about Perfect that are, in your words, creepy? <laughs> well, the idea came to me, actually, I wrote the book million years ago, or at least the first half of it. And the idea had come to me because I was reading an article about, this was at the beginning of Photoshop. And I was reading this article about what magazine, magazines were starting to really Photoshop women. And I was reading on what that does to teenage girls who see, you know, perfect skin, perfect this, you know, perfect teeth, perfect everything, because they can fix it with Photoshop. And something popped in my head of what if your life depended on being perfect? And I could not let that idea go. And it, it Juliet came to me, the heroine, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is such a strange strange concept, but what if people decided that they could make perfect children? And once they had one that was perfect, they could clone her so that, you know, they had good intentions in the beginning, but things kind of went awry. And, and so I just, it's very odd and creepy and I love it, but it took me a really long time to be able to actually put it out into the world. Really excited. Can you give us an example of how this is so much different from the paranormal romances uh, written by Lisa Kessler. Can you um, read a short passage that sort of illustrates what you're talking about? Yes. Just right from the (laughs) get-go, the book is obviously not a paranormal romance. So the book has three different time periods that happen, and it opens at the birth of Juliet in 1990. So I'll read a little bit of that first scene. So this is the end of that prologue from 1990. Shifting the tiny bundle into one arm, Dr. Turner carefully opened the door and entered the room. The baby's father, Dr. Huff, spun around with cold, emotionless eyes. He was tall and slender with a pronounced pointed nose and short brown hair. Dr. Huff uncrossed his arms and nodded in greeting. We were beginning to wonder about you, Dr. Turner. I apologize for the delay, he replied. I was running some tests to be sure your precious little girl here stays nice and healthy. Given the previous family history, I thought it pertinent to be cautious in this case. A silent glance passed between the new parents, sending a chill down Dr. Turner's spine. While most couples who had previously lost babies were anxious, almost desperate to hold their new infant, to touch it and love it, Dr. and Mrs. Huff made no such effort. In fact, they hadn't even moved close enough to see her yet. It was awkward and almost disturbing to witness. The cool detachment in their eyes made Dr. Turner wonder if they even wanted this child. Maybe they were just simply afraid to love the infant for fear she might die like the others had. 
He didn't know, but something about the way they were staring at one another worried him. Almost like two wolves circling their prey and giving one another silent signals before attacking. Dr. Turner cleared his throat, pushing the disturbing image from his mind as he turned toward the biochemist research physician. Although no one in the local medical community knew exactly what kind of research and made a gesture to offer him his baby. Would you like to hold her, Dr. Huff? The infant's father didn't move. Dr. Turner's smile faded when neither one of them made the slightest effort to see their child. They both stared at him. Making a final attempt, Dr. Turner took another step closer. Don't worry, she's healthy as an ox and beautiful as a butterfly. Come take a peek. Again, neither parent moved. Mrs. Huff looked over at her husband and gave him an encouraging nod. Dr. Huff remained stiff. Does she have 10 fingers and toes? asked cautiously. Yes, 10 of each, Dr. Turner started to frown. And she doesn't have a combed head, does she? Mrs. Huff interrupted. He froze for a moment, caught off guard by their questions. No. And no nasty birthmarks? Miss Huff's nose crinkled in disgust. Dr. Turner shook his head, hoping his uneasiness wasn't showing on his face as he approached Mrs. Huff's bedside. None. Cautiously, he handed the infant to her mother. If he didn't do it now, he might find an excuse not to give her to them at all. She took her baby girl and held her in the crook of her arm, her free hand gently caressing the infant's soft brown hair. Dr. Turner relaxed. Maybe he'd been overreacting. She's just perfect. Mrs. Huff looked up at her husband. Her lips curved into a thin smile and her eyes gleamed, but not with the joy Dr. Turner was accustomed to seeing in a mother's eyes. There was a ferocity there that he didn't understand. Did you hear that, Ed? She focused on the tiny bundle again. Her husband nodded and came closer to the bedside. They stared at their daughter for a moment and finally whispered, she's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the world, Juliet. Sorry. (laughs) I always love to hear when uh, an author reads their own work and it creeps them out. That's interesting. (laughs) So where can everybody get Perfect? It is up for pre-order now and it's available everywhere. So Kobo, Apple, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, anywhere where you like to get your eBooks, you can find it. It will be out in paperback, but that won't come out until after the eBook on May 2nd. So you can pre-order it right now and Make sure you subscribe to this podcast because we'll be back next week to talk more about where Perfect came from and why it took so long to get here. Any closing thoughts, Lisa? I can't wait for everyone to read it. It is a very genre mashup kind of book. We got a little horror, a little thriller, a little side of romance. So anyway, I hope you guys will come along for the ride. It's going to be wild. No, it's going to be perfect. Very nicely done. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to us today on The Perfect Podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. (laughs) The perfect crime. It's not a perfect crime, but it's a good crime. Can it be perfect? Perfect. Perfect, perfect.
perfect, 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 everything's perfect, perfect, and perfect, perfect, bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect, 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 perfect,